0: Oh. <laughs> are we rolling? We are now rolling. It's Alberta Filmmakers Podcast.
1: <laughs> me, 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 me.
0: Okay, anytime. We are rolling. Testing, testing. This is the car cast. The car cast? Is it because we're in a car? We're in a car. That's super exciting.
1: Coming back from the Banff World Media Festival.
0: The Banff World Media Festival is where the podcast kind of came into being. That's right. Yeah. One it was year Last ago. year, we, we decided, let's do it. We did. We did. It became an official thing. Uh, and now here we are on the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. So Matt's driving. <laughs> and uh, and I'm running the show here. So I'm going to start by interviewing Matt. Matt, how was the Banff World Media Festival?
1: You know, I had a blast. This is my favorite favorite one uh, we've been to. I, I thought it was uh, a g- great time, great parties, great people. Um, it's uh, it's always a, a, price, a pricey price tag taggy yep, tag it's taggy uh, but it is uh, you know it's worth it if you if you if you make the most of it and uh, and obviously that's a good
0: incentive to do so. so so how um, much how much do we spend you and I
1: yeah. All right. So uh, we got the uh, if you're all, if you're a member of the uh, of Ampia, yeah, uh, you get the Ampia discount, right? When, when you apply, but it's the same as the early bird. So right. even if you're not a member and you're on your shit, you can uh, you can get, on get it, the yeah. same price. So uh, so I guess w- we all told we paid uh, fifteen hundred per person. Yeah, uh, right? yeah, a
0: little bit less. A little bit less. Yeah, but uh, with between, tax and stuff. Yeah, over, and then the two of yeah, us and then a room for. Right. Three nights and mm-hmm. meals and stuff. Yeah, I'd say we probably spent about three grand. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Probably, uh, probably more, yeah. With gas. With and, gas and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So how does one get their money's worth from a festival like this?
1: Yeah, I mean I guess the best piece of utility information that that I can give is is the Banff Connect system. So once you're registered for Banff, you can get into the attendees list. And uh, then you can you can send a message through Banff Connect to anyone who's attending. Um, save for some of the big names like Damon Lindelof and Dan Harmon right. but any of the normal attendees um, you can you can just ask to set up a meeting um, and obviously you want to do that in an intelligent way um, but you have that ability um, it, and it is it is an internal system for attendees so you don't actually get to see people's email addresses and things like
0: that and it's not a super cold call that way right it's like we're both going to yeah. be at the same festival do exactly, you want to yeah. have a sit down and, and often you get a no or you don't get any response sure yeah but but I mean, last year we were able to fill up the entire conference with yeah, meetings.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we just met, 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 met. But and of course, there's an expectation for decision makers and people who are there on, on behalf of broadcasters and distributors. They know they're going to get pitched too. It's it, it that's an expectation. Right. It, it's never branded as a pitch festival, but the first co- the first event of the entire conference is don't blow your pitch. That was that was right. what the first one was. called.
0: And they have they have sessions called face to face, right? Or right? To, like, yeah. They so have, they're like, structured. Pitch. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So that you yeah. can you can. Through the, the structure of the conference, you can set up a meeting um, with uh, decision makers and influencers and and uh, people who might be able to come and, and be part of the financing right. on your project. And how, how successful do you think
0: people are with that kind of stuff?
1: I mean, you have to d- define what success is, I think, right? Right. Um, so if you're going to BAM, uh, saying, I have three shows and a movie and I... I'm going to leave with them all financed. Um, If that's your version of success, you're going to leave there a very unhappy person. Um, But if you're going in saying, my version of success is meeting a bunch of new people, making some contacts in Toronto and Vancouver, and uh, getting to know what a distributor and a a broadcaster are looking for right now, um, and then being able to continue the conversation after the festival, if that's your definition of success, you can be wildly successful
0: there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's some good tips. Um, How was your banf though? My banf was great, man. I mean, we spent a lot more time on um, developing friendships, I think, this year than than contacts. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't feel so transactional. And um, it was a great time. I mean, there was a lot less pressure. But at the same time, we came prepped with two tv series and two features to mm-hmm. pitch mm-hmm. and the fact that we had them prepped meant that when someone reached out to us and said hey pitch me or we sat down for an impromptu pitch meeting yeah we were ready to go exactly yeah and i think that was the trick to it um but yeah you're right about setting expectations for mm-hmm. yourself um and there is a bit of a there's a lot of people that we met who's who's uh who were at the first time it was their first time at banff yeah and i think they didn't really know quite what to expect so it's it all takes place at the Banff Springs Hotel. And um, that is a hotel that you can just go and check out if you live in Calgary or Edmonton and you're willing to make the drive. You can just go walk in when it's not the Banff World Media Festival and just kind of have a look and see what it is. Totally. And all the big halls and um, the big rooms and like the, the restaurants and stuff in that hotel are kind of taken over by the World Media Festival. Yeah. So you can kind of scope it out beforehand if you want. But uh, for the most part, you just kind of organize meetings and, and you meet up somewhere iconic and then you go and find a chair to sit down in mm-hmm. and chat and then of course there are the panels and the keynotes um which i like um i think i think it can be a bit more forward forward looking i think with the with the panelists that they get i mean well yeah for sure I, I
1: i mean yeah the perspective is 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 a little bit older i mean that that's the, the executives uh, right. uh, are you know in their 50s and 60s
0: and the people that have been coming to this festival for 30 years since they started are the people from E1 and and uh bell and rogers and and of course, they're the ones who should be up there on those panels, but I think we should also have YouTube on those panels and their way. I mean, YouTube has been there in the past. It's I, true, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. N- there's,
1: they're certainly looking to the future.
0: It's just, I w- yeah, I would like uh, to I see would, more would, of it. Yeah, I would like to see more of it as but well. at, the, at but, the
1: same time, yeah, they're you know, hearing w- at least where that mindset is of of those executives. Someone this morning uh, told a great story about how he, how uh, <laughs> somebody brought him Sean Mendez before he was Shawn Mendes right. and uh, said, we gotta sign this guy, and he was like, this is ridiculous, He's a, he was a Vine star and uh, making six sec- second videos and 14 year old girls are sharing it sure and he's like this is nothing this is six seconds of of uh of singing and he said no and then <laughs> he felt like the next day sean Mendez blew up yeah. yeah yeah so he so they recognize that they're yeah, not always on the pulse um and who who is always on the pulse right me
0: oh wow yeah okay i'm not even going to qualify that <laughs> um so yeah, I think I think uh, it's worth checking out for sure the Band Four Media Festival.
1: Yeah, I felt very optimistic too. From yeah. you know, we always hear from from the executives HBO and and uh, I actually really like what what they're tr- talking about and trying to say and and you know I think they've been very data driven and focused. Yes. Uh, and and I, I heard we want to hear unique voices from unique artists uh, going forward, and that's a really good thing to hear.
0: Yeah. and it's nice to know even even just as simple as knowing which studios and which networks and which distribution broadcasters to feel like they are less risk averse than others Mm -hmm. just gives you a a bit of a feeling like oh i'm not going to pitch to this network because they're an old guard network and they're not taking any chances and um or maybe maybe that's right for you so yeah no it's good it's good to kind of get the lay of the land absolutely yeah so, uh, not too much news um, until after we kind of get out of our uh, interview. But uh, a Calgary filmmaker named Gabriel Lee or Gabriel Yi won uh, the Eddies last week. So Can he we won ten thousand bucks. Yeah, congrats, wow. man! Oh, awesome. Uh, so that's great. So um, Gabriel's uh, film was called Olga, an Arequipa story, uh, which tells the story of a Peruvian girl who was treated by the staff of the Medical Ministry International Canada to help correct her congenital club foot. Um, so yeah, he won 10000 bucks from Big Rock. Um, wow. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. Congrats for that's that.
1: That's great. And thanks to Big Rock. I, I'm so glad they're still supporting filmmakers all these years. It's Definitely. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So so who are we going to chat with just now? Just before we jump into that, I just oh, want to okay. say moving forward, if you're listening to this and going like, I want to go to Banff next year, right. um, I would set a reminder for yourself or even right now, make your reservations for hotels because <laughs> yeah. it is so yes. competitive and so busy in Banff when, when the media festival is happening. You really need to make your reservations That's early, right. early, early. I
0: think we made our reservations in January and we didn't even <laughs> yeah. buy our tickets That's until right, yeah. like a few weeks ago. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you really have to be on that part of it. Otherwise, you will be uh, sleeping in Canmore or something. That's right. Or yeah. the YWCA. Right, yeah. Or- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have my, my friend, uh, Nick McQuick. On the Nick show. And uh, Nick and I, you will uh, discover but just by listening, of course, but Nick and I have known each other for uh, all our lives. Um, but it is an interesting conversation with a guy who has um, gone from, you know, somebody who didn't really do much uh, to, like, Wanting to act and wanting to be a stand-up comedian and wanting to to have a podcast and and doing all of those things and taking it so far as to writing on uh, a Shaw show um, and we learn all about that. Um, of course, Nick is a stand-up
0: comedian, right? And he can be a little bit vulgar. Yes, they're they're just a content warning. Yes, for the so if you're listening with small children. Yeah, this one. Uh, <laughs> This one gets a little bit vulgar Indeed. Um, and that's an understatement so yeah. uh yeah get ready for some cussing and some pretty rude stuff but, but some uh, good laughs yeah, too. it was, course, a, it was yeah. a good time yeah yeah so uh without further ado here is nick mcquick and and i feel like donatello was only the best because he had the best reach in the video game yeah you just he tap that you, bow staff yeah, he had he, he go all the way across the level yeah and Raphael was always the worst in literally everything and if you're a Raphael fan which a lot of people are. Most people. Just know that I am not.
1: Yeah. Why are people Raphael fans? He's such a dick. He's a jerk. Well, I was, like, I was Raphael in the streets, Michelangelo in the sheets. That's kind of how I roll. Like, it's, you you gotta have a seriousness about you. You gotta, like, your emotions are a thing. You kind of have to embrace them, and they lead you somewhere. But you have to remember to have a good time, and like a little bit, a little bit Leonardo. You gotta be disciplined. You gotta be disciplined. Mm. In your so you gotta be a little bit of
0: every Ninja Turtle. Yeah. So a except person.
1: A, a rounded person is Master all, Splinter. All four. Oh yeah, if you eat as much pizza <laughs> yeah. as all four, you're gonna be a very round person. Mm. Mm. Yes.
0: Was that what you meant?
1: I don't understand why Michelangelo hasn't come up more in this conversation because he was always the
0: best. He I was know. the best. Yes. Yeah. He's he the is funny one. one. He's the best one. Oh, he's. What was his? I guarantee. Weapon, was his weapon? Nunchucks. nunchucks. He, was, he was nunchucks. He was, yeah, he was nunchucks. Oh, Raphael he was yeah. No. Raphael size. The size. Yeah, yeah. he literally gave us the fingers. So. <laughs> yeah, you're like,
1: size are the middle
0: fingers, right? <laughs> Here they are. It was, a, it was a proud moment for me last week when my wife was correcting people at her office about which weapons all the Ninja Turtles used. Ah, nice. Yeah, oh, nice. there you so, go. She's pretty great. <laughs> she knows the colors and the names and the weapons, and that's enough for me. That's well, That'll yeah, do it. There yeah. you go. Because even Matt right. doesn't remember that Michelangelo had been on jokes. I yeah,
1: figured no. it out. I just, so I was like, I'm just I sure he did, I, but I thought Raphael also did was the problem. Oh, if you oh. had to marry one, what would it be? <laughs> oh, my God. I. Oh, that's a tough question. Donatello. <laughs> I think Donatello. Donatello. You go Donatello?
0: <laughs> I would be like he's kind of stable. Okay, we're going to do marry, <laughs> fuck, kill for <laughs> the Ninja Turtles. Ninja, okay. Scott, marry, fuck, kill, Ninja uh, Turtles only. Oh, my God. Mary, Yeah, marry Donatello. Okay. Uh, fuck. Oh, I guess Michelangelo. Yep. Yeah. Because why it. not? And then, and then I, I guess I'd kill Raphael. I, mean, I think I answered that already a while ago. Yep. Congratulations, you're Leonardo. Then oh. <laughs> that makes you oh.
1: <laughs> oh. like one of those internet surveys. <laughs> Your <laughs> favorite color is green. What? <laughs> oh my god. You, do people ever wonder how they did internet surveys before there was internet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly. how it happened. That was it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love doing that. Making games. <laughs> <laughs> so you sir are a podcaster i do a podcast stand-up comedian i do standing up comedy presentations you write sketch comedy i write sketch comedy and non-sketch comedy and you act of course <laughs> i do That's some i do some in front of the camera stuff so how did that come to be like like because i because you and i go back actually speaking of ninja turtles i remember when i was still into ninja turtles and you're like fuck that yeah, because there's an age difference here, and you're, you were at that point where Ninja Turtles were no longer cool, uh, and I wasn't, and I was like, "What?
0: You a He-Man fan? Did you, did you do the He-Man thing? I got I that, into He-Man a bit. Yeah? I dabbled with like, He-Man was just He-Man. before my time a yeah, bit. I dabbled mm. with He-Man a uh. bit.
1: Like, uh, yeah, Matt says uh, we go back a while uh, I believe I was actually there when you were born. <laughs> so yes, we do go back quite yeah. a while. Yeah, uh, um, yeah I, I, you got into filmmaking pretty uh, early on. Yeah. And but you, your journey was different because. Oh yeah. I, th- I think you're you're a guy who people probably often said to you, you should do stand up comedy, and eventually you took the advice. Yeah, eventually. Is that kind of how it started? The performing side of you kind of started. Kind of like in school and everything. I did acting and drama and all that other jibber jabber, and right. they put me in plays, and I'm like, oh look, I the, I do sing things in tingleo and hit drums. Yay, <laughs> this is fun. It's it was stupid. I like I didn't like it. It was too structured. I found myself at parties. I'd be on a table just telling stories and doing stuff. I'd mm. be standing on a table and people would be laughing and loving it. And people were like, you should do comedy. You should do stand-up. And I'm like, fuck, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I don't I don't have a degree As in that. As you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a fucking degree in that. But then I went and I saw a comedy show and the comedian talked to me afterwards and asked how long I was doing comedy. And I was like, I don't and he was like well you're, I'm signing you up for an open mic and I was like oh I guess I'm doing comedy now Sweet. so yeah I kind of was thrust into that and then I don't know I just I met so many people and uh, <laughs> true story one time in 2010 there's a, uh, a filmmaker in Calgary named Jason long who wrote something called sad happy hour mm. uh, and uh, I haven't seen that uh, should have known I was gonna get I drove to down on to Calgary For no reason other than I'm hanging out with Matt for a whole weekend, and he was like, Nick, this is going to be a bad weekend of working. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) So it was like, take your friend to work day. And I showed up, and I was on set, and uh, I was like, okay, fine, I'll be an extra. Oh, you need help setting up the craft service table? I'll do that. Oh, you need help setting up gear? Okay, I'll do that. Oh, do you need help with this? Oh, hey, this guy needs to fall down in a scene? I'll go get some pillows and set that up. And... I think I can, was. Can you be another extra and like wear different clothes? Oh yeah, I was four different extras. <laughs> yeah. I was the craft services. I was a personal assistant. I was a stunt coordinator. <laughs> I did blocking for the camera. I helped mic people and light people. Uh, I helped move the cameras. Um, I fucking and then you what guys. What we do? Um, we just told Nick what to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys, you uh, you didn't uh, do any post-production on it. That's what you did. <laughs> right, it's still right. sitting was, yeah. completely unedited. Perfect. But I did that, and I had such a fun time doing that. And then I uh, I went back to uh, Edmonton. Uh, I left at 10 o'clock at night so that I could drive back so that I could sleep and get up for work the next day. Damn. Um, and, yeah, I because I was an extra and I had a bushy beard, uh, I had... Uh, one of the makeup girls had taken eyeliner makeup and put it in my beard. So my beard was black so that I could be a different extra <laughs> black bearded extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm driving to Edmonton with that. And it's so like human hot and everything that it's like dripping down my neck. So I have a black <laughs> neck nice. and I get home and I don't have time to shower. So I'm just like dabbing at it with wet <laughs> toilet paper. And I'm like, I love this industry. <laughs> uh, but then I, uh, I went home and I signed up online for a whole bunch of different notifications from casting things. And I did a whole bunch of little indie projects, mainly me acting. And I found there are a lot of people that get really upset. They come from like more of a union world. And if you're acting, you can't help in any other way. You just have to sit there and be bored. This is true. And I took a set etiquette class, uh, which kind of helped with that. But for me, I've, I like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't go to school for it. I didn't really learn anything about acting, about directing, about anything. I just, I've always hung out with people about it and been on sets and learned about it. So I just kind of threw myself into it. And it's anytime that I'm somewhere and there's work being done and I'm not doing anything, I'm going to help. Like when, when you're in a room, like as a, like at whatever job you're at, Just be the hardest working guy in the room. Mm -hmm. You're going to have that job. Right. That's sort of how it works. So like just I didn't have any experience. I just have work ethic. And that you doing that has really worked out well for me. How I got this job writing on this show, this political talk show, which is weird because I am not a political person at all. Is I sat there for a live taping and I watched They filmed three episodes on Wednesday night. And boo magic. That's how media works. Uh, (laughs) And I sat there for the first episode and I was bored. And I talked to my friend, and I was like, what's the second episode going to be? And they were like, oh, it's going to be this. So I wrote a whole bunch of jokes about it, and I handed it to the host. And he liked it. And then he said, well, this is going to be the next episode. That's such a dick move, though. <laughs> like, to, like, just, no, just no, throw like, it. No, I, I walked up to him, and I'm like, hey, I'm Nick. I'm a comedian. And You I, suck. Here's some better ideas. He does. Uh, <laughs> and I've told him that. But, uh, I like, I, I helped make him a little bit funny. And he liked it. He really liked the jokes and thought all it was right, funny, and he used some. Right. And he told me what the next thing would be. So then before I go back to my seat, I start doing crowd warm-up. I get everyone clapping and like just stand-up comedy stuff. Make them all happy. And I'm like, whoever cheers the loudest wins a t-shirt bullshit, stuff like that. So the audience is on point. They they start the show. They open the second uh, show. Everybody goes fucking crazy. The host, when you look at that episode, is shocked. He's like, what (laughs) the hell? So then I sit down and I write his opening monologue for the next one and I write five jokes about it and it was just the speed that I wasn't coached on any of this I could just write all of that and I knew he was a mediator he couldn't take it up, uh, like uh, one side or the other on the issue so I wrote a very kind of bland one quick little kind of pun and a nice little joke to end it monologue and gave it to him and he fucking loved it and then I was just like I I I'm just sitting around. I'm not a good audience member. (laughs) It was like really not. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do crowd warm up. I'm gonna write monologues. I'm gonna write jokes. It's like, what can I do to help this? Because I'm sitting here and I I don't like. I I I get a bit of attention
0: deficit uh, disorder. (laughs) A little tiny bit, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, What? uh, So so then what? Raphael oh no wait sorry (laughs) that's that's I feel like that's all three for you yeah Yeah.
1: I uh but then I I got called into a meeting later on because they they wanted me on to write for this show so I went on and started writing and then they were like we're gonna start doing sketch comedy for web content and we're hiring for writers so they called me in and they were like do you have any sketches now about three years ago I went to the world series of comedy in Las Vegas Uh, I was one of five Canadians that went there and I did pretty good. Uh, But they had like seminars during the day and comedy shows at night. And like, it was a great networking thing. The the one thing I really walked away with was the guy said, if there's a joke you're doing and it's not working, find a way to make it work in something else. Like take it to another medium. And for me, that was sketches. Like if I could do a joke and it wouldn't work, it required like a visual element or it required like a setting or like another person to play off of or something. So I would write a sketch about it. So I had been writing sketches for years and then I just walked in, and they were like, "We're thinking about writing sketches." And I was like, "Oh, can I use the printer?" <laughs> right. And it I just actually print, yeah, you print it. it off. And you used to send them to me because yeah, you would just have and and with no intention to produce because you didn't have that infrastructure yet. Yeah. But yeah, you did. You must have had just a stack of of scripts. I think currently I have about 120 scripts. Jesus. That are just completely my property. Right. And that was the one thing signing with this company, the contract uh, that I had to sign. Uh, I disagreed to sign it until it was reworked that the uh, that everything I write is my intellectual property right, because right. I'm like, I, when I go on stage and I tell jokes, a lot of what I tell is just kind of me off the top of my head riffing, just coming up with stuff, talking to the audience, uh, which is great because then all my stand-up shows are all different. So I can get more and more of repeat audience. But when I'm doing that, when I'm just in the stream of consciousness, I'm going to be talking about stuff and that might be a sketch and I don't want to get sued by the company I work for. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, this is how it has to be. Right. You retain original Mm -hmm. intellectual property. Yeah. So that was the most important thing for me. I was like, I don't care like how much money or how little money you get paid, but that's what it was. Cool. So it was the
0: original, the original wish was, did you want to get into acting mostly or, or. (laughs) Because <laughs> we chatted about this uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that y- that for you, writing it was because no one was writing it for you. Yeah. Right? So what was like... If someone could like, be writing it for you, what would you have been doing?
1: Well, with like with dealing with Matt and everything and being an extra or just a walk-on or being a homeless man being interviewed on the streets in that one weird thing that we did <laughs> that you remember, yes. uh, I, I always liked... Acting, it's fun, it's a good way to pass time, and occasionally it makes you a couple dollars. Uh, But that being said, when I went out for casting calls and stuff, there was not, like, I'm a pretty unique looking dude, okay? I'm a pretty buff ginger, and I'm handsome, piercing blue eyes, hard to forget face, not a very good extra. Modest. Uh, Yeah, so modest. modest, Oh, just so (laughs) modest with this chiseled jawline, the most modest you could be. Um, But I liked acting, and there wasn't a lot of acting. And there just wasn't a lot of like, and then the stuff I got was not very well written. Like I looked at it and I'm like, you, you're going like in a comedy two minutes without any sort of a joke. Hmm. And the world of standup comedy that I come from, you don't get work unless you can get laughs every minute. Like you ha- you have laugh points that you have to hit. Otherwise people are not going to work. You, yeah, you have right. to be engaging and funny. And then you watch some sort of movie like Get Hard or something where you're like, wow, I laughed once in an hour <laughs> and a half. And, but you like the the local scene, the independent stuff that a lot of it wasn't very funny. And a lot of it, the roles weren't proper for me. So I just started writing stuff and then putting myself in it. And I found like, cause I work with a lot of small production crews. I have my own web series, um, which I did out of boredom. You when you're you're doing that you can make it funny you can make it what you want you have more control over it and you can really make it something that you're proud of cuz a lot of the sketches that i write and sell to companies everybody wants to get their fingerprint on everybody right. yeah. and it it took me a while to figure out and now a lot of them like Matt just found out one uh, <laughs> months ago that i had written he was like you wrote that and i'm like i'm not proud of it <laughs> not no I, I mean it's it's an interesting thing I mean I mean Transformers I always talk about Transformers yeah. three ma- is the most m- money made that year Ugh. it's a terrible movie and everybody yeah. knows that and, and yet
0: well and I think that's I mean that's married. that's the curse of the writer though right is that you when you sell that script you give it up yeah right yeah. and there it's you can make a, a great script into a bad movie yeah oh for sure pretty easily in fact yeah so yeah but at the same time that's the work that you're judged on right when you're like yeah i wrote that yeah it's garbage maybe the script was awesome but it still reflects on you so and you have no control over it which sucks but i mean that is that's the game right that's the business i mean like with writing too it's something that i can always do like
1: when i'm touring and doing comedy i'll be in a hotel room most of the day i can write i can just nail off things Mm -hmm. so being a writer for a studio and having like deadlines for things that i have to do is easy. I mean, like currently now I don't have an alarm on my phone. I wake up when I fucking want to wake up. My deadlines are pretty easy for me to meet and they the money I make takes care of most of my bills for pretty modest life I have.
0: Except the Coke bill. Yeah, yeah. that
1: Coca-Cola classic. That's way too much, yeah. I'm switching over to Pepsi.
0: Ah, oh, I hate you. You hate Pepsi? <laughs> no, you know what? I what? had Pepsi last night and it was it was fine. That's oh, excellent. It was fine. And, but, there's, and there's vanilla Coke. But but Coca Cola is just a superior product
1: <laughs> in uh, in every way. I was just telling him uh, P- Pepsi Crystal is apparently coming back. Do you
0: remember Crystal Pepsi? Uh, I remember the name, but I don't remember what it was. It was I, clear, right? I think it was just it clear was Pepsi clear. that, Pepsi that tasted seven. the same way. No, seven it was up. Just Seven Up.
1: <laughs> seven Up. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, so tell me about uh, about your. I love Chipotle. Your act. <laughs> so so when you when you did start acting, like what were some projects you worked on? With? um I worked on a lot of like small horror shorts in Edmonton, um, and just for some reason I was like the football jock that got killed. <laughs> and I always learned I learned that um, being a ginger, which is like how my race is, because congratulations, that was something you guys invented. Uh, <laughs> white guys, you white people invented <laughs> that race. I used to be white. You took it <laughs> from me. Um, I'm the easiest man in the world to light. Ah. Which has led to like... um, Because you don't need much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't need lights at all. In fact, too much will harm you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So for the man on the street stuff I do right now, like they they love me for that. Right. (laughs) They're like, oh, we just throw some powder on you and you go. (laughs) That's it. The powder is Coke. No. (laughs) Solid Solid Coca-Cola. That's what we call a callback. Um, Yeah, I, I got into a lot of things and I found... Most of the time, I'm going to say like 60% of every project I was on, I would go on set. We would get everything filmed, get it like almost all done. And an actor would quit or post-production would stop or like the director would die. Just like <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Stupid and directors. Yeah. And it's just... Dying. Uh, it was infuriating me because post... Like that was one thing. Post-production, everything always falls apart. So... Like, on my web series, there's uh, me, I write and create uh, the thing. And then there's Simon Glassman, uh, who's a very talented editor in Edmonton, and he edits it. And then, during production, we have Ryan Byrne, who does sound, and then we have Jesse Nash, who does camera, and he sets up the lights beforehand. And they're all really talented, but now doing this, we need two characters. But because I'm, I'm busy during pre-production and Simon's busy during post-production, we just stepped in as the characters because that way we don't have to pay anyone. Right? right. So that worked out really nice. So And by it just being four people, I'm like, okay, guys, I have until this to write it. You have until this to edit it. And you guys have this day that we're going to be filming. So you have to set up the scene. So everybody has roles, responsibilities. And because we all see each other so much and so often, we don't let each other down. Mm. Because there's no separation of anything where it's like, right. oh, I only see this guy once a year or something. Because we're constantly going and producing more. Dope. Yeah. So I think I think something that we've actually talked about um, at, at like the Calgary Expo and on on panels and things um is is kind of self promotion self branding um and you, you know I know that you have And your audience can talk to me about that at Nick McQuick on Twitter. <laughs> but uh you know the podcast we we haven't talked at all about your podcast. Uh, uh yeah, which uh, is kind of the first I mean I guess stand up was first, but then that led directly into the podcast because the podcast is about you interviewing other stand up comedians. Yeah, it's uh like it's hard to say what it really is about. Yeah, I, I mean it's yeah, it's uh, a bit freeform, kind yeah, of whatever. You know, it's sort of all over the place. I I got into comedy, and then there was a podcast or is a podcast in Edmonton called The Movie Jerks, and they had me on, and I was comparing uh, Repo Man, which is a bad movie, to Repo the Genetic Opera, which is a good movie. Mm. And I wrote seven pages of jokes when I watched these movies. And then I watched them all again drunk and wrote other stuff. <laughs> and then I went on and just rapid fired as many jokes as I could during this movie review podcast. And it was great. It was like a very highly uh, reviewed episode. And then I had two offers from two different people to start podcasts oh, with okay. them. Wow! And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. That's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. And then a good friend of mine, Aaron Maslow, who's the slow in the quick and slow comedy right, show, right. was like, Nick, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, okay, but if we do it, like we're it's not going to be this mom and pop bullshit Fucking, we're sitting around with a like one of those blue microphones in the middle of the room, right, and everybody's talking into it like we're right. sharing a milkshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, no, we're gonna so do like this like, one, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, like this piece of low brow. Oh my god, it's so terrible! No, you guys are great. You have interns all over the place. We've and literally we've talked about
0: having sex one with one. Ninja Turtles, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which it's, I wherever.
1: never I would have picked
0: uh, April, just saying she's but, not a uh, Ninja Turtle, she's man. not a Turtle <laughs> she's
1: within the world. Let's
0: not no. <laughs> God. Okay, fine. I, <laughs> I still choose Michelangelo. And I'd kill Shredder, obviously. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so he was like, let's do it. So we we put in some money. We bought like a really nice soundboard, uh, some soundproofing, bought like boom arms and a whole bunch of mics and cables and headphones and extra cables and extra mics in case something went wrong and just poured in like thousands of fucking dollars and it started the podcast. And originally... The whole uh, the antithesis of it was going to be I would bring on successful comedians and I would ask them what it what it what are lessons you've learned in comedy what are mistakes you've learned in comedy and if you go back in time what are like some things you would tell yourself about when you were starting on comedy what's the advice you'd give yourself right because if you ask somebody for advice they're gonna give you advice tailored for you mm-hmm. but if you learn about their mistakes and experience and everything it helps you grow and avoid those things because I've always been able to learn from other people's right. mistakes yeah so this whole thing started as a scam for me to get better as a comic right, right, right. <laughs> and it it, it works I got better I got booked now I'm like all on the road I'm here I'm in Calgary I'm doing yuck yucks mm-hmm. um but then it started being more fun because my comedy is a lot more free-form. It's a lot more just off the the cuff of the top of the cuff of the heads that is a cuff. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's you know, off those heads that are cuffs. Um,
0: Please stop. Do you have, you, do you <laughs> have head hands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've Whoa, never done that? I get it. Multiple yeah. heads for so hands. necklace cuffs. Yeah. Necklace Nick McQuick. This is, yeah.
1: There you go. That's, that's guys. Get with it. Come on. Far too long uh, for this joke. Okay. yeah, (laughs) Exactly. So anyway, well, I mean, that's the best you're getting off the cuff of the cap. Right. The the, the cap of the cuff. Uh, But, so I just, I, I like to bring people on and uh, sometimes somebody will have a really good uh, imp- impression or impersonation that they can do of like Hulk Hogan or something. And I'm like, right. you want to come on the podcast as Hulk Hogan. As the, right, right. <laughs> or like uh, I will receive a tweet from Kellogg's uh, that was not very nice. So I find somebody who's a very good character actor and I bring them on as the head Pop-Tart flavor designer for Kellogg's. (laughs) And we talk about how Kellogg's used uh, Nazi scientists (laughs) to design flavors. uh, So really it's just been sort of a creative platform for me and it's it's just comedy. We create comedy. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you listen to the ten minute podcast? Will Sasso and Chris, who has that Chris, much time? <laughs> Chris, <Madison? Maria. laughs> they they like he's he like every episode of that show is is. One of them is being a character, like it's it's Hulk Hogan or Arnold Schwarzenegger, or, yeah. or uh, they're doing a Donald Trump bit right now, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. which is so funny because it's like their their take on Donald Trump is that he's a nice guy. He's oh. actually a really cool dude, and he doesn't really want to be president. He's kind of like, he's like, ah, yeah, the media, but I, I like coming to the 10-Minute Podcast and being myself, and they talk about like burritos and like ramen. Oh, it's pretty great. Nice. But yeah, it's cool. Like podcasting is is very cool for that. But anyway, point of my my question was what what I the move that you pulled there. I think when it comes to the self promotion piece is that you. You had every every comedian in Edmonton, and where's it, where's Something, Maslow at now? Uh, Calgary, Colorado, Colorado. Um, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Right. So you're yeah. So you're expanding your network by having these other comics on because every time they share it with their networks, you're getting exposure as well. Yeah, it's very clever. It bleeds all of the audiences in, and some comics have a lot more of an online audience, so they come on, and then their listener, their fans come and listen, and some of them stick around, and so it's just sort of a big snowball rolling down a hill, and more right. and more people people like it and um, the one thing is I've noticed with the podcast too is um, whoever does YouTube comments seems to listen to podcasts because those are the <laughs> tweets I get <laughs> I will say something stupid right, like, right when George Washington invaded France he really showed him what for and then like obviously I don't mean that that's not a and thing like, then, you get someone correcting you it'll be like um George Washington never invaded France idiot and I'm like yeah, it's a, comedy, <laughs> it's a podcast. comedy podcast. It's not a history class. Hmm. <laughs> so that's funny. it it opens up things for that, <laughs> and, and I and the, the weird thing is I kind of like <laughs> totally. <laughs> I, I, I that. Totally, it's amazing that they would go to that much trouble. Like a YouTube video is one thing; the comment section is right there, but they actually have to find you and tag you into yeah. it. So that's always fun for me. So, but but tell me more about like self promotion, self branding. <laughs> what, what what have you learned about that? Um, it's because you just told me a great story about what you're doing with comp tickets for your shows oh yeah like I it, currently right now it's the slow season at comedy clubs so comedy clubs um, people don't like to laugh in the summer yeah they don't like it's too hot to laugh <laughs> uh, it's too hot exactly I get that. They, they overheat I get that they, i haven't laughed all, all week and that's good what
0: that's good no. i have a recording yeah. of you laughing no
1: <laughs> oh <No. laughs> well, yeah you. well then we don't have to ever have them laugh again we can just play that <laughs> right that that'll work out my great voice. could you bring that recording to the comedy show and play it uh, <laughs> from five locations really? use that. <laughs> yeah i could <laughs> use it. I like it uh but yeah i've been going around i've been working my hustle and this works out great maybe even for podcasts who knows is i went on uh my fate my fan page my facebook fan page and i go hey free shows uh, free tickets to these shows. Drop me a message and I'll get you on the VIP list. And then I go in Facebook search groups and then I go Calgary and I go through, I'm saying your name wrong. You are.
0: Cal, Calgary.
1: That's how we know. Yep. Calgary. Yeah.
0: Calgary. Uh, so if you're from Edmonton and you want to sound like you're from <laughs> Calgary, how do you pronounce it? Cal? Calgary. 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 Just G-R-E-E. Calgary. That's, Calgary. 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 that's how you say it. That's how Calgarians say it. Camgary. Or Calgrians. Camgary.
1: So anyway, I go on Facebook, and I go into groups, and I go, this town, or whatever town it is, uh-huh. and I search, and then I find all these pages that are like uh, the Smile Society and the Homeless Shelter and all these people, and I go, hey, I share it in there, and I go, listen, you're volunteers, and I like to give the to those who give, uh, so as a reward, anybody who volunteers for your company, hit me up on this page, and you'll get free passes to any of my dates while I'm in your town. And then they like it and they share it and then they feel special because <clears throat> it's not the fact that they don't have to pay 20 dollars when they go to the door because i mean that's nice but it's the fact when they show up with their date at the door they're like my name's mike fake right. name mm. i'm on the vip list mm, and that's they an get it. yeah and the <laughs> so. other, i mean the, and then the club is also still benefiting because that's people that wouldn't have showed up otherwise oh yeah and they're selling they're getting drinks and, and, and yeah and like with comedy comedy exists to sell Beer, Right. right like right. Uh, the ticket sales generally don't make a big difference. Right. And in little crappy venues and stuff, little small places, I go to Regina all the time and they have comedy in a bar that they yeah. do, but they pay me to go there and it's because the drink sales. Right. If, so if people just showed up and didn't buy drink, they would have enough money to pay the comics. They right, would make right. zero money. Right. So I am, I've been getting audience out and showing that I'm a bit of a draw. So it's all about self-promotion. mm mm-hmm. It really is. It's about getting out there, getting known, just meeting people, having business cards, making a good impression, uh, the first impression, which, oh, my God, I do the best. I <laughs> it's do that, that jaw. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that God- goddamn yeah. It's so- I always have a mint. Oh, <laughs> smart. So, what's the best like self promotion advice that you've received, and why was it me suggesting that you get a Facebook page? It's probably tattoo your Twitter <laughs> handle on your butt and moon traffic on. No, the, seriously, the, the, I, I, the, because I'm going to take credit for this because I suggested that you do this—that you get a Facebook fan page. Oh, not just it's a your
0: podcast, is it, huh?
1: <laughs> now it's all about you. No, yes, exactly. you, you did suggest this. Uh, <laughs>
0: just for anyone who's listening, I haven't laughed this whole episode. <laughs> so, Matt's Matt's manipulating this somehow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I edited that in. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I I just want to know, what what has that been like? Was that a good move for you? It was a good move. It really was. You suggested because I've been doing podcasts and I've been doing... Like web videos and content and everything, and sometimes if a page can't tag a person, it can only tag a page. That was the big thing because you're doing this to the point thing with Nordic Filmworks. Yeah, and they could, they could they could say, "Look at this video hosted by Nick McQuick," but they couldn't tag Nick yeah. McQuick. Yeah. So the like I I was like, yeah, I guess this makes sense. I need to make a
0: Facebook page, but it's also a way of um, creating your own equity in your personal brand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is is all because because all of the products that you produce. Are great as standalone products, but there's really there's it's tougher to kind of collect the equity, right, and and create a yeah. a sum of the parts, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, another thing too, because like a lot of people that listen to this are
1: probably filmmakers or I would in, hope so. In some regard, oh God, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is like I I used to play a lot of video games. I used to fuck around a whole bunch, and now when I play video games, I set a timer for an hour mm. and I do that. When I watch TV, I don't watch much TV. Like I watch Rick and Morty and Archer. Like I I don't. I when and this is great advice that was given to me at too late a point in my life is uh every day you go to bed, go to bed a better person than you woke up. Improve. So like go to the gym, write, edit, work whatever you do, whatever your art is, do it. If you're sitting there watching Doctor Who or Game of Thrones or binge watching something when you go to bed, when you lay your head down, think about what you call yourself. What you, what's on your business card mm. and how are you chasing that dream? Cause if you didn't do fucking five minutes to chase your dream, you fucked up. You fucked up. That's a waste of a day. You only get so many of those. You've got to go out. You've got to seize that day. You got to carp and diem. Okay. And you whip and you nay, nay all the stuff. Mm. And you got, you got to make it happen. Nobody's going to do it for you. Nobody goes out there like, like, With me getting in at Yuck Yucks, it's a big deal in Canadian comedy. That didn't happen easy. That came from years of me harassing people through emails, one a month to every booker that I knew. Mm. And then meeting people, getting to know, like making friends in the industry and asking them, can you please vouch for me with this company? Can you please do this? Can you please get me in? And just basically going, is there anything I can do for you? Because I want you to owe me one later on. It's you... You got to get out there. You got to chase your dream. If you want to be an actor, like don't just sit around watching TV. Don't just sit around playing video games. Don't waste your time. Get new headshots. Find new ways. Go out there. Make connections. Go to a meet and greet. Go to a screening of something. Go out and just don't be an asshole to everyone you meet. Because the truth is, most of the people that... I either cast or work with, oh, yeah, we're doing an open casting in Edmonton, uh, June 25th, 26th. Uh, most of the people I cast- For what? Uh, for the sketch comedy thing, for the web content. Okay. M- most of the people I, I cast, most of the people I meet, most of the people that I want to work with, it's not because they're an incredible actor. It's not because they're the best at this. It's because I can I can work with them for 12 or 14 hours oh, without totally. losing yeah. my goddamn mind. Just go out there and chase your dream be invest in yourself all of the time great but
0: but, but nick i'm not going to admit this to anyone but i'm afraid of failure um, and yeah. it's easier for me to live the status quo than it is to upset my own apple cart and, and then fail at it and it's it sounds nothing.
1: more like you're afraid of success right there also i'm afraid of roller coasters and the thing <laughs> is you can be afraid of failure Like I fail a lot. There are many times I've had people throw beer bottles at me on stage. There have been people that have told me I'm as funny as cancer. There have been
0: horrible moments where
1: I go to bed with hurt, like hurt in my heart. And you know what? That's, that's going to happen at some point. If you're going to be an actor, if you're going to be a writer, if you're going to be a director, you're going to face rejection. Get it out of the way. Now it Mm. builds a strong character. It helps you deal with it when it gets
0: to be big and important. But Nick, <laughs> I have a full-time job, and I, I just am too tired when I get home to, to do this. That sometimes I just need an escape. Mm. Then maybe
1: your writing should be your escape. Maybe you should be creating. Because you, you can escape and do your job. I mean, yes, acting can be draining. Producing can be draining. Editing can be draining. All those things. Everything can be hard on you. It can eat you up. But like... The, the fact is, I don't sit at home and listen to podcasts, okay? I listen to podcasts when I'm in a car, because listening to music in a car doesn't really do anything for me. Listening to a podcast in a car, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of feel like now I'm getting to know a bit more about this business, or I'm understanding this person. Like, I feel like I'm getting something out of it. But when I get home, and here's the thing, I worked as an oil field mechanic for 12 hours a day, and then I went to the gym for two hours, and then I went and did comedy, And then I went home and passed out. And I had seven days on, seven days off of that. I would go to comedy shows. Even if I'm not on comedy shows, I would go to a comedy show because that's where a comedian belongs. You're Mm going to learn something. And that happened so many times. I fell asleep in comedy shows (laughs) with hilarious comics on stage because that's my dream. That's what I want to do. And I did that until I got to a point where I don't need a day job. And it's because I put in so much work, because I put in so much effort. I have written down every single show I've ever been on, who was on the show, the material I did, who worked the door, all of the characters, all the cat, like everything that I would need to know. And I did I did that as an exercise in writing, but now it's so useful because if I get booked back somewhere that I haven't been in two years, I look back, I know the entertainment manager's name. I know the right. people working the door. I know the bartender. I can walk in. And I, I, like, I can be like, hey, Roger, long time no see. How's it going? I can treat these people the way that I know I would want to be treated.
0: But, but Nick, <laughs> I feel like, Nick, I feel like I've only got like one good idea in me and then if or two or three. And I'm going to run out. That's a good – What a good, happens when I, when I run out of ideas? That's Nick. a good voice. Yeah, Some of the sure. best ideas I've had have been bad ideas.
1: Some of the worst ideas I've had, like I've gone out and they've worked. I, I started about two years ago going on stage and I had like, I'd won a comedy contest and I, my material was good. People were laughing and I said, I'm going to go on stage and I'm not going to tell any jokes whatsoever. I'm going to see how long I can go before I have to tell a joke. I'm just going to play with the audience and like have it a fun thing. And I did that. And I got to a point where I could do 40 minutes without telling a single joke. And I started getting booked just off of that. And then when this man on the street uh, job came up with uh, To The Point uh they they just loved that i could produce what seemed like unlimited comedy content you're talking the about you're talking about like the, improvising as opposed to like pre-writing your jokes yeah, improvising and, right. playing with the crowd yeah, crowd work yeah right. just stuff like that just riffing kind of coming off top right. of your head and that was outside the comfort zone because i had just i i knew my material was good it was great and i'm like but how i like let's throw that out it works we know it works let's put that on a back burner and let's try something completely new. Yeah, and that some people might say that's a bad idea for and sure. It was. For sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, uh, I was I was teaching oddly enough at a school, mm-hmm. and the, the kids must have been like grade five, and the teacher said something to the kids while we, we were we were making like stop motion animation videos, and and the teacher said, uh, consider how much you're consuming versus creating. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Oh, that's such a good way of putting it because you really need to be aware." Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's okay to, to binge binge watch a show, but like you have to. You, and I think it's it's actually important if you're not taking time to yourself, you're crazy. But if you're only taking time to yourself,
0: you're crazy <laughs> as well. So well, I, I saw a comic from the oatmeal. If you guys don't know the oatmeal, you must read it. It's it's oddly cut. enough,
1: this teacher had oatmeal posters oh. on
0: his wall. Well, I think this. Well, I just saw it this week for the first time, and his this Quaker. In, yeah his his analogy was that consuming content is like breathing in and creating content is like breathing out mm. and you can't breathe out forever. Right. Right. And so it's that nurturing that and filling yeah. up. Cause you, I mean, there are no original ideas no. anymore. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta, you gotta fill up all the idea, the idea factory so you can <laughs> steal it. So, uh, the idea factory is a video production company in Edmonton, by the way. Is it? Yeah. I, oh. did, I just realized that as I said it. Have Trade, we been there? Trademark. No, but, yeah. but, Wow. Anyway, it's a long... Right. What an original idea. <laughs> so, uh... I'm gonna name my company The Idea Factory. So, tell me more about, like, how, how I'm...
1: Maybe... Okay, so listening to you talk about, like, if it's a bad idea, maybe do it anyway. Or it, maybe try and find something else you can do with it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I think, like, how... How, how is it that you have such a low fear of rejection? Because And I ask this because I used to, we, like when we were like bar age, like when we started going to the bar, you and yeah. I together, you started approaching women, and like just totally like like no fear talking to women, and I watched you get rejected. A lot. <laughs> many times, oh, and yeah. I was like, I could never do that. Yeah. How, how do you, how, what what's the tip that you can share? How do you do that? I'm an avocado, Matt. Just dark on the outside. <laughs> nope. Green on the inside? Not everyone is gonna like you. And if you sit there going like, ooh, I want to ask that lady out, but I'm also afraid of rejection. Like that person could have a thing for you. That person could love avocado. That person could not. And you're not gonna know. Like you can live your life. There was one time in grade nine, I didn't ask a girl out. I fucking regret it. I still think this back <laughs> about it. And I'm like, why? You fucking coward. <laughs> The worst they can say is no. And then you know what? The rest of the day happens. Right. Like that's not even, like when people say no, when people like, when I submit an article and they say no outright. When I submit a script they say no outright. When I ask out a girl and they say no outright. It's, the the more stuff can happen. Mm. You don't just more go stuff, and. Life you, continues. Yeah, you don't just die. You're like the real life Barney Stinson in that way. You're like literally <laughs> like, when I feel bad I just stop feeling, feeling bad. True story. Yeah, (laughs) it's just start being. Just feel happy instead. Yeah, it's like I don't think it's that easy for everybody. You don't like there. There is fear of rejection, and the thing is, there's fear of public speaking, which is my fucking job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if an if you go on stage and start telling jokes. And people cross their arms and pull out their phones and ignore you, and you're like, "How are you crossing your arms and pulling out your phone? Where's your third hand? That doesn't make any sense." <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, if people are ignoring you, that's rejection, and it's not just rejection; it's an entire room rejecting right, you. If right. they start yelling, "You suck!" and yeah, like they, yeah, yeah. now you're getting fully rejected, and that can be like a shattering experience for a lot of people. Weak people, not <laughs> it. <laughs> It makes but, me stronger. Yeah, I, I love I, your I,
0: hatred. I thrive off of it.
1: But uh, <laughs> the-
0: I'm going to be less funny now.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, it's it's through rejection you learn about yourself, because like. I, now, the thing is, we're all like when we were 18, we're hornballs, and it's like, I want to get my dick wet. Let's go for that chick and this chick and that chick. And I was never that guy. I wasn't throwing it at every single woman. Right. Like, <laughs> like, like some, that would be a baseball player. A pitcher with bad eyes just throwing at every base. And a detachable but, penis. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there were women that I liked the look of, and I would walk up to them and I would be like, Hi, my name's Nick. Uh, can I buy you a drink? I'd, I'd uh, just, I'd like to talk and. And I'd, I'd just be alright. I'd be like, <laughs> and I, I'm interested in you, but I'd like to get to know you. Mm. And usually, they would appreciate the honesty rather than me just going up and being like, "Yo, girl, let's get all up in that puss puss." <laughs> <right>, I'm not <laughs> trying to do a pickup artist show. I'm no. just, I'm just talking about how do you manage rejection because it's all, it's always going to happen. but, yeah, but yeah, I think you've answered that obviously. Yeah, you um, like you can live a life of regrets, or you can. Live a life of rejection. Yeah. <laughs> rejection right. or regret. Like, it's for me, there's going to be either the rejection, the pain of rejection, which goes away quick, or the pain of regret, which you'll live with forever. Mm-hmm. huh. That's true. On the deathbed, yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's going on now? What are you working on now? What's, what's... Matt used to be in a choir when he was a little kid. Oh. This. <laughs> We're going to reveal. <laughs> no, I knew that. I knew he knows. That. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Matt was a rap
0: master. Yeah. I know this as well. Yeah wow you are a rap master
1: <laughs> he was no. a rap master at a public performance there was like an assembly like you were like grade i was like six
0: rapping and oh right really? yeah he was the with
1: zero training too i would love to see video of this because i was <laughs> making
0: <laughs> it up like it was, i had no I idea. it was awesome and you were like 11 it was so, so it. much fun
1: for me so anyway what was the podcast about there you can cut that out now no 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 i
0: uh <laughs> But
1: what uh, what are you working on now? What's your Oh god, I am working on so many things. I'm working on uh, script submissions for a uh, sketch comedy show that's filmed at Edmonton. That uh, I think the NDA says I'm not allowed to say the name on, so you just have to figure it out. But like, if you guys don't like peanuts, how many how many sketch comedy away. <laughs> shows are there? <laughs> yeah. if you don't like if you don't like peanuts, stay away. Uh, and then I am. Um, I'm working on uh, sketch comedy with Nordic. We're going to start casting right away. I don't know when this comes out, but we're casting the 25th and 26th uh, for sketch comedy actors. And that will be email info at nordicfilmworks.com or .ca. I don't know which one it is. It's one of those things. Whichever one works. We'll be on the Facebook page. Yeah, just CC both of them. Uh, But, and then, uh, yeah, I have, uh, we're going to start shooting to the point again right away and uh that's our political talk show and so i got a lot of monologues to nail off for that i've got some standing up comedy uh tour dates that's available at facebook.com slash nick mcquick no c in quick because you can spell it faster uh, <laughs> i haven't heard that, you say that yeah i'm sure that's your go-to but that's all awesome. <laughs> actually i don't think i've said that before <laughs> so. you should that's it <laughs> oh, okay well i'll remember that um yeah, I've I I don't know. I keep so busy. I got so many pokers and so many fights. What I'm trying oh, to get also, out of you is that you are going a, to school. Yeah, I have a project at the Banff uh, Media Festival that's uh, actually happening right away. Here, I'm going in with a production company called uh, Ride the Swing Productions. <laughs> Close enough.
0: <laughs> it's se- closer than a lot what of people is it? get. Semi Swing Production. Enough. Just enough swing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Push Swing Productions. Yeah. I don't know. Partial uh, swing. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, because. I, there's so many hours in the day and I could just watch Netflix all day or anything I, I am actually taking a creative writing class right now at NorQuest huh? College sweet and I'm building a portfolio of essays and one of them has been uh, was 100% Whoa. according to the teacher and has been submitted for some sort of award thing Holy shit, so apparently I'm a pretty good writer awesome. But aren't you taking an English course soon? Yes, Yes uh, like, In September In September I have submitted for a part-time To finish up and get the university in the oh. Bachelor of English Because you know When they ask me to hire writers I look at people and I'm like Why would I hire this guy? He doesn't have any education I'm like <laughs> hey Dumb dumb Neither do you <laughs> Or what about the guys who do have education and you're yeah. the one hiring? Them? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be your boss guy that fucking went to university. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. I just figured out there, there, and there. So... <laughs> oh, my God, Don't get me started. <laughs> So, uh, you you did a little bit with Facebook. What other things are we promoting? Twitter.com slash... Uh, Nick McQuick, and on Instagram, I'm Nick McQuick. Uh, Snapchat is oh, Nick Snapchat. McQuick, that's and right. that's basically all. Nick McQuick on Snapchat is just pictures of me in the gym and comedy clubs. <laughs> I, dude, I, I'm getting so frustrated. Like, literally, I was like, oh, another gym picture, and it's I not just, even selfies. It's I just like, do one a day, a picture yeah. that I'm in the gym working yeah. out, because I do... Like, every day, I go to the gym, because... I I believe the human machine was made for activity and like sitting around writing all day, I get addled, I get fucking mm-hmm, hyper mm-hmm. and if I don't get out and run around, I fucking, I just start losing my mind. That makes sense, yeah. But, uh, so I go to the gym. Like, that's why I only put it on Snapchat because right. it's like, I I see people that have fucking gym selfies all over the place and I'm like, what the fuck? So I just put all of that on Snapchat. (laughs) So if you don't want to see it, if if you don't want to see that, don't follow me on Snapchat. But I exclusively put it there so that other people It's literally like every time, oh, Nick posted a story. It's someone on stage who's not you at a stand-up comedy show and then, like, a dumbbell or, like, a DJ at a gym. I didn't know they do DJs at gym. Yeah, live now. DJs <laughs> at my gym. It's stupid. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Because <laughs> yeah. I then, go to the gym. Yeah, gym. me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, on Instagram, it's, like, uh, I'll post selfies or motivational quotes of Margaret Thatcher or something like that mm, or photos that, of me fits with your brand. on set. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's actually <Yeah>. laughing. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, yeah, Twitter is just where I throw jokes. Lots yeah. of them not that funny. That's what's so good about Twitter. Is yeah. A lot of comedians use it just to test a joke. Yeah, it's good for yeah. jokes. And then Facebook's uh, all my dates that people get free passes for. So I kind of like have it broken apart. It's like if they like looking at my face, mm-hmm. that's the Instagram. If they like hearing my dum-dums, that's my Twitter. And, you're, and if they you're, want to come see me, Your tour dates are always on, on Facebook, yeah. at the top of Facebook, which, which is, is super smart. Yeah, you always pin the current month's dates to the top of the Facebook page. So Very that, smart. Yeah. All right all right man well thanks for being here and thanks for you've been on the podcast before thanks for moderating our panels i think there's a couple more i think i'm gonna be moderating panels for you guys at the edmonton (laughs) comic-con probably maybe maybe. yeah until forever (laughs) hooray well that's the thing is initially when you started doing panels i was just sitting in the audience right and then i grabbed the microphone started running around to interview people because once again i don't like standing around (laughs) not doing something it's a good attitude man (sighs) yeah all right thanks dude Mm -hmm. yeah goodbye bye
0: Say bye, Scott. Bye. I thought you were going to say bye, Scott. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. Nick Nick McQuick, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Check out his podcast. uh, And actually, I guess we just all all set all his
0: stuff. But go go do that stuff. Go do those things. Follow him and stuff. Yay. Okay. Well, Matt's driving again. (laughs) Still driving. Still driving. Still on the road. Yeah. So um, we're going to get back into the news you can use. But uh, I'm going to gab for a while because I don't think it's super safe if Matt reads these things. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Don't crash us. Um, but if you want to jump in, Matt, feel free to just go of ahead course, and, of and comment on some of these things. So uh, upcoming deadlines. Um, CBC Arts and CBC Short Docs um, is, is uh, starting an incubator program, which is pretty exciting. Um, and uh, it's a four-day workshop in Toronto. Um, and it's an opportunity for up to 12 video creators to come to Toronto and train with some of the best in Canadian arts and documentary programming. Uh, They'll help emerging creators who identify as part of an indigenous disability or visible minority community to sharpen their professional skills, expand their networks and learn to develop ideas with the CBC. Um, It's it's a cool workshop. It's uh, check it out. So the application for this is on June 27th uh, and more details can be found at the link in the show notes. Um, And it's called the short docs, diverse creators program. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, TELUS Optic Local, we've been gabbing about this for a while, but uh, the deadline's coming up quick, end of June. um, You can apply for a grant from TELUS for up to $75,000 to produce um, some sort of content. Of course, it has to reflect the local community, it has to feature local places, uh, it has to, and if and you can also apply for workshops, right? And I think that's only 25,000, but... Oh, is that right? Yeah, you can apply for a workshop, and that must demonstrate commitment from community members and organizations. Um, this is an amazing opportunity, and if you're listening and you have kind of an idea, just go for it. Yeah. Go for it, because mm-hmm. sometimes these things are actually kind of undersubscribed, it's surprisingly. I don't know true. about this one in particular, but yep. uh, you really got nothing to lose. The, the worst that'll happen is you will have a stronger uh, project that's further along in development than it is right now. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So go for it. Telesoptic Local. Um, CSAF, the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers, has a call out for board members. Um, this is happening next Saturday, June 25th at 1 p.m. as uh, the annual general meeting. Of Wait, the are CSAF. they firing us? They might fire us. <laughs> <Matt>. <laughs> they might. Yeah. They That's might. That's true. They might. Um, but because it's a democracy, that means that anybody can become a board member. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, a member of the CSAF, a production member, which also means that you need uh, you 20. Need to have some hours in. To have yeah. your volunteer hours in. So, um, if you're interested and uh, you're eligible or you've got some time to get those hours done, please contact uh, production at csif.org. Chat with Barry about uh, joining and uh, send along your CV and resume uh, before June 20th so that uh, we've got some time to kind of get everything together. And CSIF is in a place right now that... uh
1: I, it's it's interesting now that we've got Barry Thorson new executive director um the direction that the board is going to serve is going to be i think much less hands on right. and much more visionary so it's going to be a time right. to kind of craft the future of CSIF. and w- you know we need some strong voices uh, to s- join us with that so please do apply
0: yeah we definitely do um and we would love to, if you're not planning on applying, if and you are a CSIF member, we would still love to see you at the AGM. Yes. Uh, June 25th, uh, 1 p.m. at Community Wise, which is downtown uh, at the CSIF's offices. Uh, and vote for who you want to be on the yeah, board. Have your say, and uh, yeah. there'll be a financial report to the
1: members, I believe.
0: Yeah, and just kind of find out what's going on with the CSIF, because um, there's a few different reports uh, from yeah, the year. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, join us there. I actually won't be there. I'm at a wedding. But, Indeed. uh but I'll be there. Matt will be there, and you can say hi to him and uh, learn more about the CSF. Yeah. So uh, there's a something called the Feel Foreign Film Contest, um, and their goal is to create a space for dialogue and awareness about cultural issues. So for their first major initiative, they're excited to see how uh, the, this contest that they are launching shapes cultural dialogue. Um, films may be submitted under any of the following six themes, business, education, sport, family, lifestyle, and food pretty uh, broad topics there the top three winners will be announced at the feel foreign film contest awards at theater junction grand uh in calgary on september 15th 2016 uh first place prize is five thousand dollars second place is 3500 and third place is 1500 bucks Whoa. yeah so this is pretty cool so check them out at feelforeign.com uh or check out the show notes for more information and the deadline to apply for this is july 1st 2016 so also coming up rather quickly indeed super indeed uh, there's something called Cinespace, which is really cool. and Yeah, uh, I'm, cool. yeah as a space nerd, I'm super excited about it. Um, so this is the second time that uh, NASA and the Houston Cinema Arts Society have put together this program. And they're inviting filmmakers from around the world um, into this short film competition that is inspired by and utilizes actual NASA video footage. Right. So um, eligible submissions can include short videos, films, and digital media works of 10 minutes or less. Um, but the caveat is that they must contain at least... of NASA video imagery Um, more than 10% can be used of course if you want and still photos can also be used in addition to the video imagery Uh, you can get it through NASA and their image archives Um, yeah and and they give prizes away the total prize purse is 26,000 bucks US dollars oh nice which is like 2 million dollars um and in addition to monetary prizes, winners shall receive tremendous exposure Ooh, for their work. Exposure bucks. Mm-hmm. Safeway takes those. Love right? me, yeah. Safeway takes them. <laughs> Who else takes exposure bucks?
1: I mean, I guess it would be. I mean, if it's it NASA, totally is. NASA it would totally be putting it is. up. Yeah, 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 it wouldn't yeah. be bad. No, it's fine. It's a cool um, thing to promise if you're fucking NASA. for sure. It reminds me yeah. of this short film you were showing me uh, just a couple days ago that was written by an AI. Yeah, I, I, know, I know that it was on the top of, of yes. Reddit. Some people may have seen it, but if you haven't, you got to check it out. That's true, and you can explain it better than I can. But
0: yeah, it stars uh, Thomas Middleditch, uh, who's from Silicon Valley, and uh, and two other actors. And um, you know how when you're like typing in your phone, and and it's like auto suggesting words for you mm-hmm. to type next. Um, they use that s- a similar software to have. A robot write a screenplay, four right. page screenplay, <laughs> and uh, of course it's it's insane and ridiculous and sometimes a little bit creepy and uh, and ominous, but other. But times, I guess they also fed it like sci fi scripts. That's right. They, so yeah. they, so they yeah they fed it a ton of sci fi scripts, so it had the vocabulary to kind of right. put this right. together, um, and just kind of press go, and it spat out a four page page screenplay, and then they produced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so there's like there's one I don't want to spoil too much, but there's one point where he, they're having a conversation, and Thomas Middle just just like reaches in his mouth and pulls out an eyeball. <laughs> And then, like, sets the eyeball aside, and then they just continue the conversation. <laughs> it's wild. It's super fun. That's so fun. Uh, it was so great, yeah. And
1: yeah. you could use NASA footage for something you like You could that. use NASA footage for something like that.
0: Just something completely ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, there actually. Go. So, yeah, if you want to see that, uh, just, check, just Google Thomas Middleditch AI script, and you'll find it. <laughs> um, upcoming events, Cuff, the Calgary Underground Film Festival, has an upcoming casino um, tonight and tomorrow night, June 16th. So that might be tonight when you're listening to this at Cowboys. Um, They still have open spots to fill if you're interested in volunteering. So um, check them out uh, on Facebook is probably the best way to see the status of this and get in touch with them. Facebook.com slash Calgary Underground Film Festival. Yeah. So likely it'll be Thursday, June 16th that you're hearing this if you're listening to it kind of live-ish. And they have opportunities from 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. and uh, between 11.45 p.m. and 3.30 a.m. You will get free food, and it is really cool. Um, it is always nice. And you know to what they're fun. Yeah, like yeah. they're fun. Yeah, really, sure. like you sit in a room and you count money. That's yeah. what I've done anyway. And there's <laughs> yeah, a, there's sure. other roles, of course, and you get like a free meal out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and you hang out with other filmmakers. Totally, so that's
0: good. totally, it's super cool. Uh, upcoming workshops, the CSAF is hosting a few, and they're coming up quick. Uh, crowdfunding, we've talked about this a lot uh, with with a gentleman named Brett Fursters coming up on June twenty second. Uh, Sixty five bucks for members, one hundred five bucks for non members. Check that out at csaf.org. Uh, they're also hosting a cinematography workshop at the CSIF on June 25th from 10 a.m. to Aterno. 2 p.m. That'll be at during the the AGM Matt. Oh, will it? It will. Oh, so that's so interesting. That's great. Um, so yeah, you can you can hang out with Phil and learn how to make a cinematographies. Hmm. And those are important. I wonder if that'll get rescheduled. As yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna flag that. We'll have to check. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> M-Media in Calgary is hosting something called the Do-It-Yourself Jawa, a.k.a. Video of Ultra Culture, a workshop with Tasman Richardson. Um, we've talked about this uh, at length over the past few podcasts. Seems so like a cool thing if you're it a video does. artist, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's Friday, June 24th uh, from 1 to 5 p.m. Uh, at M-Media. It is free, but there are limited seats and you have to register for it. So check out uh, uh, the link in the show notes because it's quite a long one uh, to sign up for that. yeah. Moving along, uh, Fava has their free-for-all lighting workshop uh, Sunday, June 26th from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Exhibition Suite in Edmonton. And it's called free-for-all because it is free. Oh! For all. I get it. Yay. Eight spots max. (laughs) Um, So go to fava.ca to check it out. Nice. Also, the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers is having their Summer Media Arts Camp, a two-week camp that introduces youth from the ages of 13 to 17 to basic filmmaking practices. Uh, Matt has taken this course. I have, you yeah, can vouch yeah. For as a kid, yeah, for sure. I was yeah. seventeen. Yeah. So if you've got a budding filmmaker in your life, uh, send them this way: csaf.org, and uh, check out Summer Media Arts Camp. That happens from July 11th to the 22nd. It's a Monday to Friday thing, from 9:30 a.m. to 4:30 p.m. 550 bucks, and it is well worth the price. Indeed. What's shooting in Alberta? Uh, union shows right now. Tin Star starts production as I'm speaking, June 15th. Oh. That's super exciting. Tim Roth. Yeah. British show. Yeah. It's awesome. Christina Hendricks is in it too. We are so lucky. I have a crush on her. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah. Of that's course. that's super dope. You don't watch Mad Men, do you? you I know. really do not. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, and of course, Heartland uh, continues its ever going march. Right. That show is just. Which we're thankful Immortal. <laughs> it's wonderful. I'm not it, complaining. It, it paid just, my rent for so many years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely so not complaining. It's great. It keeps our <laughs> industry working. And uh, when our what's shooting list is short. It's nice to see the Heartland is always on. Indeed, there. indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Job calls. Um, moving right along past this one to uh, Tech, Calgary Society is looking for a communications coordinator. The deadline to apply is June 20th. Um, they are seeking a dynamic, organized, and self-motivated individual for a part-time contract position of communications coordinator. Uh, you'll be working closely with the board of directors, the operations manager, the programming coordinator and the bookkeeper. And you will be uh, tasked with promoting Calgary Cinematex events and activities, um, including three or four film screenings per month, as well as communications and marketing, doing the Ease newsletter, the website, social media. Um, this is this is great just to be doing those skills in a professional capacity. Um, as a filmmaker, those things are going to take you very far. So. Um, And it's a cool, cool organization. Compensation for the position is twenty-five bucks an hour, which is good money. Nice. Um, So check it out. At uh, you can email your CV, a cover letter, and three references to operations at calgarycinema dot org. Application is due by five p.m. on June twentieth, twenty sixteen. All right, that's enough of me talking, Matt. What is your recommendation? First, I just have to slow clap. Slow clap. I did it. I'm he's alive. He's got a microphone in one hand, his laptop on his lap, and
1: he's scrolling through <laughs> through yeah. the news. And did it. And <laughs> thanks to Briar as well for ra- rounding Definite. up all that news as always. Uh, my recommendation um, is... Uh, I, CISO. CISO, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I told you early, what is it? Uh, it's uh, It's a It's a streaming uh, content service um, that Dan Harmon is a part of, and he spoke at the Banff World Media Festival all about it, um, but he was also there with the executive behind it, um, and it sounds awesome. Like, I'd heard a little bit about it. I listen to Dan's podcast. He doesn't do a very good job of selling it because he, he's not there to sell things on, on his podcast. But um, they've got a new show coming out on it called Harmon Quest. And if you happen to listen to Harmon Town, his podcast, mm. you know that that's where they play uh, your favorite game, Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons and & Dragons. And it sounds like such an interesting show because the the dungeon master is going to walk through the group, plus a celebrity, uh, through a, a ten-episode story in the in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, so that that dungeon master is also the showrunner of the show and the executive producer, and he's also Dan Harmon's driver <laughs> and assistant. Uh, <laughs> his name's Spencer, and he's awesome. Um, but. Anyway, I'm looking forward to checking out that show. It's only like three bucks a month to sign up for CISO and it has because it's owned by NBC. It has the entirety of like the SNL catalog. Every episode is on there. There's a ton of content on there already, and they're making a ton of original programming for it as well. So, three bucks uh, a month does seem low, but I would expect them to raise it at yeah, some of point. Course. But yeah, I think it's, it's so
0: certainly a good uh, introductory price. So, very cool. I'm gonna check it out. I hope you do too. And if you do, let me know what you think. Yeah, and and, and let us know what you think. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I mean. Cool. Yeah. Um, my recommendation. Now I've forgotten mine. God damn it! Uh, oh, it's a, it's a an app. <laughs> oh yes. And this app is called Spritz. And it was and, suggested by uh, by uh, Conrad Conrad's son. And, yeah, who's, who's a um, Calgary filmmaker. He's a Calgary filmmaker. Living he's in living, LA. Living in LA, and he's uh, an agent for Meridian Artists. And he reads a ton of scripts um, every week, and he has turned to this app called Spritz to help him read faster. So it's a it's a software that kind of. Um, with your eyes to help you read up I was reading up to 600 words a minute it basically puts yesterday. the word in the same location that's right so it just and it flips through the word the word moves
1: and your eyes don't basically
0: yeah so the and the way they highlight the vowels makes it easy for you to yeah. see a word quickly and then it flashes to the next one and so it's word by word by word and they just go super super fast um really cool stuff and uh it's cool if you do a lot of reading it's uh definitely worth checking out so check out spritz yeah that's my recommendation Awesome. Well, thanks, That's again Brier. Yeah, thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. If you're an Alberta filmmaker and uh, and you haven't heard us before, just remember that this podcast is for you and it is about you. So if you've got something going on. Uh, let us know about it and we'll be sure to share it with the community.
1: Absolutely. Any opportunities or deadlines, we're always interested in uh, in sharing more. That's right. Um, and if you have a look, keep an eye on the Calgary Film Center, face, uh, not Facebook page, but website. Right. Uh, they're going to start hiring staff. Aaron O'Connor was at, was at the Banff Center. I was talking to her. Uh, sorry, at the Banff World Media Festival. And she said, I'm going to be hiring staff soon. And I was like, oh, let us know because we're going to put it on the podcast. So keep an eye on that website because uh,
0: there's going to be some jobs there for sure. Yeah, and that's, yeah some of the best film jobs that you'll be able to sorry that just that just hit my brain but anyway thanks for listening yeah thanks everybody five stars on iTunes hooray now (laughs) go go make make something. something